0: are going to read from 1st Peter chapter 1 verses 3 through 5 and uh, you can follow along or we'll have the common English Bible up for you to read. It is written, may the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ be blessed on account of his vast mercy he has given us new birth. You all have been born anew into a living hope Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, you all have a pure and enduring inheritance that cannot perish, an inheritance that is presently kept safe in heaven for you all. Through his faithfulness, you all are are guarded by God's power so that you all can receive the salvation he is ready to reveal in the last time. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, I thank you for your word which meets us where we are, and as we consider the words of St. Peter from so long ago to a church so long ago, and think of all that it meant and all that it means to us still, I ask that you speak to us through the word, through what is said and has been prepared for you. May you speak through me in spite of me, and may we hear you in spite of ourselves, and trust that what we hear is what you have prepared. Lord, we give you our full attention, and may all that is said and heard, may all that we carry with us into our lives, our hearts, into our worlds, to our neighbors, may it be pleasing and acceptable to your sight. Lord, you alone are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Amen. It's a wonderful passage. Um, We're in the middle of our Almost Christmas Advent series, and if you're, if Advent's an unfamiliar term, Advent means anticipating, waiting. So it's not Christmas yet. I know we sang Christmas songs, so forgive me that. You're okay with that, I assume. Yeah. But Advent is about anticipating the arrival of Christ, and so we're telling the story until on Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, we celebrate the coming. Now, Christ came long ago, and Christ will come again, and Christ shows up in us all the time if we are anticipating and preparing room for him. And that's a message that Advent wants to bring. And so we're focusing on a, a sermon that John Wesley gave, and he gave a wonderful one here last week, if you got to be here for that. But the, John Wesley from the 18th century came, and uh, came to Oxford University among his peers, and he offered a sermon to his peers, basically telling them they're almost Christian. They didn't like it very much. They asked him to never come back. But uh, he preached, let's be an all-together Christian. The difference being an almost Christian is someone who comes to church, who does good things, who's polite, who's nice, who has good character, right? who votes correctly. thats a joke. An almost Christian doesn't cause trouble, gives to things, right? does a lot of good work, calls Lord, Lord. An all-together Christian is someone who says, I'm giving you all of my heart. All of my focus, all of my effort, every piece of me, I keep nothing for myself or anyone else. It's all yours, Lord. And we kind of venture in and out of those realms, if we're honest. We, we want to do the right thing, and we want to be here, and we want to do what God wants to do until God says, hey, do this, and we're like, oh, next week, God, right? Next week, next time. God may give you a, a call in your heart to speak to this person and you say, is that really you, God? I'll oh, give me another sign, right? And I'll think about it as I walk away. We do these kinds of things. Now, we lit the candle of hope today and what St. Peter speaks about in the writing here is a hope that is beyond a hope that, that we often really hang on to. We have a hope in Christ, yes, but I want you to hear this again. He says, you have been born anew into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So what he's telling the church then and what we want to hear now is that when Jesus died and then rose, the way that that overpowered the world was the only real consequence the powers of the world can dish out is death. And it often gets the behavior they're looking for, to threaten. Yes? Especially in their day, especially in Peter's day, when the church is facing a lot of hard times from the community that is in the synagogue that thinks that they're become, they've become heretical. These Jews have become heretical and followed this Jesus, and so there's a lot of tension, and there's a lot of tension in the politics there, and, and uh, it's understandable. And then there's a lot of tension for the people that aren't Christians, and. These people, this weird group of people living a completely different way and hailing a completely different Caesar and king, which means that they don't participate in the world the way that they used to, and it, it sits wrong, and Peter's saying, they can threaten you with death, yes they can, and they can follow through with it. But Jesus rose from the dead, as will you. Their threats are empty. They hold no power, amen? Amen. How would that change how you go through your day in that kind of world? Now, very rarely do we face the threat of death for our faith. Very rarely. But we do face the threat of working against the norm, especially when there is a whole Oxford University full of almost Christians, and Wesley comes up and challenges the whole idea, and they drive him out. It was a threat, but Wesley had a hope much bigger than any amount of good relationship with the people at Oxford University could hold for him. He holds a hope that means more. Now, we are in a world where we have a lot of tumult, a lot of chaos, a lot of arguing and division and fighting. And right, We're trying to impeach somebody that everyone else says, no, how dare they impeach them? Well, how dare they not impeach them? And and that just represents almost every facet of our world, does it not? We see completely different things and we just don't understand. Where do we place our hope? Is our hope in our way being played out? Is our hope going to be in whatever happens in Washington? Will that be a hope that we can rest upon? No. Is there any hope that you can find in getting your way? I mean, any arguments and divisions you have. Can you rest your laurels, your life, your soul upon the hope of your way or whatever you think is right. That's not that's not what Peter's talking about. We have a hope that's much bigger. Now, while we are all distracted, me too, okay? I'm not talking down to you. Maybe I'll do this. I'm not talking down to you. We're all distracted. In the meantime, there are houses around this church um, that I wonder, do they know the hope? That we sing about. And the challenge was given to me to go to, to houses. I haven't done this yet because I'm terrified, frankly. To go to the houses around the church and say, if Sellersburg United Methodist Church closed tomorrow, how would that impact your life? I'm worried I wouldn't get a whole lot of response. You know? And it's not that we aren't great people and we do a lot of great things, but I don't know the neighbor's names behind our, the church. I don't know. I didn't know the family's name that, of Bryce. I mean, you did. Um, but I didn't. You know, how much are we really going out and sharing the hope in the community? We have a hope that cannot be crushed. I don't think everyone has that hope, and you've all experienced a life without that hope at one point. Amen? And Peter says you've been raised from the dead into life. We carry a hope that that cannot be stifled it cannot be shut down it cannot be taken away because it's held in heaven and we are guarded safely by God here and now what do we have to fear nothing we can know it but then when it comes to stepping out the door and going and hearing what the problems and the pains are around us that that gets scary really quickly amen and we just acknowledge that we are human beings we are people. We do not have the answer. We have an answer, right, Christ, but the answer to their problem, we can sometimes be at a loss, and that's okay too. The worst thing you can do when you don't know what to say is to make something up. You can just say, there's nothing to say that's, can I be with you in your pain? And that's what I'm seeing happen on your street, Villa Drive. People are just saying, "Let's just be together. What if we all just said, today we're gonna go out and we're gonna go to the pain. See, John Wesley lived in a time in the 18th century when there was lots of pain and division and, and lots of struggle, the same things we're dealing with today, believe it or not. And he didn't try to just vote right or, or send money, right? And those are good things. John Wesley didn't open the church doors and say, come on in, right? And that's a, that's a good thing to do, but he, that's not all that he did. He went out and he went out to the fields where the people were in their labor and in their pain and in their hurting and he preached the hope to them wherever they were. He once stood on the gravestone of his father just so he could be heard. I've never gone that far. But John Wesley would not let that stop him because he has a hope that cannot be contained. And I wonder, as good as the church is, as good as we are in the amazing things that we do and the beauty that is in this room, my goodness, praise the Lord, what would happen if we jumped all in something completely different and outside of the walls and went to the pain not with answers but with presence and hope there are people everywhere that need it amen you could probably think of a few right now that you know that are in your life that you encounter maybe regularly that you know don't have that hope so what what will keep you from sharing it or human. And sometimes we struggle. And sometimes we falter. But God brings the morning. Amen? So I invite you as we, as we anticipate our hope. That we know that one day everything will be set right. That Christ will come again. And the world will be without all the troubles that we deal with today. That Christ has said, I am doing something about those today. I'm sending you. And I'm giving you the Holy Spirit. I'm giving you the hope. So let us claim this opportunity and live for nothing else. And when we start hearing that voice, yeah, but how about 99% or, well, maybe next week. Oh, this is a really bad time. It's Christmas for crying out loud. Maybe we just say, Lord, help, help. There's a breath prayer that I've been clinging to this week uh, in light of Wesley's sermon last week, which is, if you don't know a breath prayer, you breathe in and you address God and then you breathe out, and you request something. And you can use Jesus, God, Holy Spirit, whatever name you choose to use. There's lots of different ones. But mine this week has been, Holy Lord, I am wholly yours. And it's been interesting in moments where I've struggled, and there have been many, where breathing that fills me with hope. And I share it with you, that you may find your own. The Spirit is just waiting for you to Cling on to it, grab it, and say, I'm yours, holy. So, as we do this together, I ask your grace that I'm not perfect. I know those of you who are perfect, you can come and teach the rest of us. Amen? But let's make this Advent series not only a testament in this room, let's testify the hope in everywhere we go, at all times, to all the people we can, and all the ways we can, by all the means we can. Amen. You're going to have help. Amen. Amen. <laughs>